Hey, you, Prime members, you can listen to Three Little Words ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. This podcast is brought to you by Quorn, the nation's favourite meat-free brand. Quorn is a great partner for this show because their products have been in our house for years because I'm a vegetarian, so it's always in my fridge. For each podcast, our sponsor Quorn has given us a fact which Tony uses to illuminate us in the world of Quorn. Yeah, let me illuminate you in the world of Quorn. That's an interesting use of language, John. Quorn spaghetti bolognese has 90% less saturated fat than a beef version, so it's a good choice if you're looking to eat more healthily. So if you're going vegan, vegetarian, or just cutting down on meat a bit, you'll find that Quorn is a great option because they've got so many different products, from cocktail sausages to Turkish-style kebab. There's something for everyone. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Hello and welcome to Three Little Words. It's a very simple show. We pick a guest, the guest picks three words and we have a chat. Those words may bring back memories, explain something about them. We'll find out when we do it. I've got to ask you, Tony, before we introduce our guest today, how are you finding the experience? Uniformly joyous. The The only aspect of the show, since you brought it up and we are discussing it publicly, the tradition that's grown up of you mocking something I've just told you to be removed from the show. Such as what? Well, that I was that I was almost in Star Wars. That's whereas whereas in my mind and in the mind of those <laughs> around me, I played a very prominent role in the Star Wars. Uh, give, give, give us your line again. No, no, I'm not doing that because you've, <laughs> I won't. I won't. I'm not here to be. You but listen, you belittle yourself. Commence primary ignition. You were in Star Wars. Jim, very, when Jim introduces me to people, I think Jim just says Have that. Have I been I'm, introduced yet? No, 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 no you've no, not. No, 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 we're about to. I'm yet. sorry, that was clumsy of mine, but, but Jim just generally introduces me to people who don't know as a TV copper. The TV copper? The TV copper, yeah. yeah. Which I'm, uh, yeah, I've uh, a corner of the market in Sausage Fingered Northern Coppers. <laughs> well. Well, there you go. We've there now go. introduced our guest without realising that we've introduced our guest. You will know him as Vic Reeves, one half of an iconic double act with Bob Morseva. But today we're speaking to him as Jim Moore. Although I have to say this, Jim, yeah. when we were upstairs, this is when you know you're in the presence of what's a legend. Mm. I came in, Jim's in reception. I come over and say, hi, Jim. And then this rather attractive young girl comes over in her 20s with a phone and then goes straight off to him and says, can I have a picture oh. to, 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 to Jim, to the Vic Reeves that she knows? Hang on, hang on. So then, then I, I gracefully... Stepped aside. I said, fine, fine. And then I said to her, do you want me to take it? She went, I can't ask you to do that because I know you're a professional comedian as well. So, oh. not even good enough <laughs> to take I, the picture. If, 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 could you just step to one side, please? John, if it's any help to you, that young woman accompanies Jim everywhere he goes. <laughs> I've met her over 50 ah, times. Yeah. yeah, she gets paid in a regular She does, she does. Uh, the actual, could you just step out of the way oh, then? It, it, and, and I can't do that because I know that you're, but you're actually, but not worthy of it. Yeah, the, yeah. Wow, uh, uh, the cruelty. To get me on back, I did shouts. I was never in Star Wars. <laughs> 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 so I introduced you there with this dual personality, this Vic Reeves, this Jim Muir, and I said we're going to interview you as Jim. Did, yeah. How many times in your life uh, have you gone? Today I'm Jim. Today I'm Vic. Well, I'm Vic I every switch. day. I'm only Vic Reeves when I, because I invented that character. Yeah, and it's proven by you because you say Jim Muir. It's Moyer. 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 No one can pronounce it. Yeah. So I, when I started doing comedy, I thought I'll, I'll just invent this like the Vic Reeves character because no, no, Jim Moyer doesn't sound like a. Comedy, where where does the where does the name come from? Just off Vic Reeves. I just made it up one day because I wasn't going to do it very long. So you haven't got a. There's not a Vic in your life. There's not a Reeves. Nah. You had another one, didn't you, Jim? Sorry, John. You had another. What was Craig that? Wildfowl. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was a toss-up between the two of them. And then there's another one that you... Because uh, I know... Uh, it's, come on, I know Jim Varel, well, we're what, friends. Jim Bell? Yeah, yeah, Jim Bell, yeah. Well, you... I used to do that when I, in my 20s. I used to walk into parties that we'd get crashed and announce myself. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what well, a delight. I'm sure we'll come on to more of the uh, dual personality bit in a bit because uh, it's time for you to introduce your first word. Yeah, you don't know what it is, do you? I have no idea. Tony does. I do. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Is it clobber? It is. It is Abs- clobber. It's clobber. Clobber. So, we'll- so, John, what does clobber mean to you? What does clobber if mean to you? If I said clobber. Clothes, isn't it? Oh, you get whacked over the edge with it. I'm just going to say, this is, I'll just quickly, because uh, what we do, Jim, is I'll just quickly give you a definition of the word and how it's used. Right, and yeah. It's history. So, yeah, absolutely right. We're uh, clobber, the etymology and the definition, it can mean these things. It can mean clothes. It used to mean, before it meant specifically clothes, it meant personal items, anything. It can mean to paint over an existing decoration in ceramics, and that dates from 1850. Ooh. And I love this description. The other way it can be used is to pound mercilessly. Exactly. Yes, to, to be hit hard and defeat def- decisively. Uh, and then quickly, it's British slang with identical word uh, it, to do with closing. It can mean to dress smartly, and there's an expression that I've not, never used, I don't know if you have, to clobber up. And then, and then finally, get your clobber on. That's, yeah, what, I, that's what I that's what I say to the ladies. <laughs> get your clobber on. Get, get your clobber off. And then, and then, and then finally, just where it comes from, the source of it seems to have come from the 18th century. The word clobber, which was a kind of coarse and dark paste that was used to cover breaks in leather shoes. That seems really? to be where it comes from. So it's just kind of plaster. It, it's yeah. It's. Uh, it, it, uh, in our childhood, because... Uh, Show plaster. Yeah, yeah. In, in our childhood, uh, in Sheffield and, and our Leeds, uh, it was always get your be- put your best clobber on. You've yeah. Got, he's, al- he's always got a decent clobber. And it was a cool name as well for it. It was working yeah. class, but yeah. it was cool as well. Yes. You'd get it in pop magazines. You know, you'd get um, Mark Boland. Look at Mark Boland's clobber. <laughs> Is that the context that you use it as, as clothes? Yeah. I suppose, yeah, I never thought of that. That's what I always think of it as clobber. Yeah, I'm, I'm going downtown. I'm going downtown and to get some clobber. What are you going to get? Yeah. And uh, it's a kind of, but it's a specific set because uh, a suit wouldn't be clobber. It's got, Would it not? Okay. I don't, I don't well, know. Maybe well, it is. It, see, like, first of all, what made you pick it is because clothes mean a lot to you or yeah. you're interested in it or you just like all, the sound yeah, of the way. Always. I've always been since I was really young. And, um, I also used to dream about shoes. Yeah. A lot of ladies dream about shoes. Yes. But yeah. Shoes unusual. you'd invented or shoes you designed? No, sh- I loved shoes, all yes. sorts of shit. And I knew that uh, there was a one, it got to the stage one s- Sunday morning on my own, got a bus and went about 15 miles to look in a shoe shop, which I knew was closed just because there was a pair of shoes I wanted to look Took at. Took a shine to. Well, because I know, yes, a friend, I mean, it's. It, um, there's a couple of things I thought about your choice of that word. One is, club is a very evocative word, and it's very evocative of a, of, to me certainly of a of a time and a place. Yeah. And it's a word that I do use because it's one of those words that I'd quite like to drag through the generations with me and, and pass on to my son. I, I think it's yeah. a it's it's an it's an evocative word. And then the other, more interestingly, as somebody who knows you, it does fit in with your. Because you're hard to pin down for people who don't know you, and you are, I think, principally in my, but you're an artist, but you're a performance artist, and there's always a there's a there's a degree of acting around you. Does that make sense? Always, yes, always. No, 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 <laughs> no, I think there, that, is. no there is, there isn't, there isn't, and and so the idea of a clobber for me, for you, when I think about you, would be, it's a costume that you go out to be, yeah, and one of those people that you, well, yeah, yes. Yeah. So it is yeah. What what clobber shall I put on today? Yeah, and that's what I, another thing that I do. I'll work out what character I might be today. That's right. And you were doing that before uh, the spotlight was on you. Yeah. It's not. It's not a. a, a I response. was. I was looking at pictures of me from when I was uh, about sixteen in the seventies, and I'd wear pretty much what I'm wearing now. I'd have um, a pair of like you know 
Hessian farm trousers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and braces. Where was and this, I, Jim? Where 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 were we well, living? In at North then? Yorkshire. But yeah. I, I'd, you know, and I'd wander out looking like. In fact, before look, going Gentleman back a little farmer. bit, while I was talking to my daughter about this last night because she does the same as me. She likes clobber, and uh, she got an old lady's ninety. Yeah. She's 14, but and I said, oh, that's what I did when I was 14. Yeah. I got a nightgown and a hat, you know, like a nightcap. Yeah. And I used to go to bed. I didn't tell her this because I didn't want her to. I said, and I used to go to bed with a candle and read Dickens' novels. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to do it. I was into my clobber, yeah. but yeah. it didn't matter whether anyone could see or not because I knew. That's, but that's, it, yeah. It's interesting, like, today when I'm making an exception... <clears throat> So obviously people can't see it. So you got a white shirt on. You've got like a, a um. It's a thick linen suit. Yeah, it's a linen suit, but it's 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 uh, off white colour. It's biscuit. very classic biscuit colour. You have got braces. You've got you you look. If anyone was to look at you, you you dress like an artist. You look like an artist. What, which today? Is what it you might be are. different tomorrow. No, yeah, but you always do. Right, I, I, yeah. I, in my, I, I like my clubber as well, but you. I think, but we're around this room, you know, Jim's dressed like an artist. You've got a retro Adidas T-shirt with Mexico seventy on, and I, and I've got something that the kids got me for the birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I feel in some respects, I'm out of it. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel, and I, you know, I really appreciate that that that, that journey that the people aesthetic. table clothes because, like, like one of my sons is is very outlandish in his clothes loves his clothes and other ones you know they're, they're quite particular about the clothes that they, they dress whereas I've been always middle of the road and I don't think when I was 16 I would have had that confidence to dress differently than the rest of the crowd well that, that's another thing I think a lot of people did and a lot of people will say to their wives just go to Marks and Spencers yeah. and get us something horrendous because I want to blend in and I don't want yeah. to I don't want to be I mean, there's lots of different ways it could be. It could be, I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm yeah. not going to yes. get an attempt to go yes. there. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I, I think, Jim, that, I mean, I, I, when I was 14, I remember really clear, I, I got one of my granddad's suits out of the wardrobe without his knowledge. It was huge. It wasn't dissimilar to the one that you're wearing now. And that was, a f- it was an outward manifestation of uh, what I sensed an otherness in myself, and I and I wanted it. I wanted it to be seen. Yeah. I wanted. I wanted it to be seen. And, and I think that's interesting that you said. Then I was doing that whether they were looking or not. I think. Yeah. And it's like because and you are quite right. It's playing a character. Yes. Because you know I would wear big old fellas' suits. I yes. used to get in Oxford. Yeah. In fact, one of them, um, I sat on a on a um, on a wall once, and there was a, a fag packet. <laughs> That someone had put some chewing gum on, and when I stood up, it was stuck to my ass, the ass of my trousers. Yeah, you liked and, it. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I stitched yeah. it on. Yeah, I knew you. Yeah. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you. I like no. I like stuff that you wouldn't necessarily no. find in the world. I like to put things together that shouldn't be together. So, so coming back to the word clobber and this journey that you went on when you were saying you start to express yourself when you start getting into the public realm where you're Vic Reeves on stage and you have that look and that persona, was the two worlds where you went, right, when I'm not on stage, I'm definitely going to try and dress and appear completely different. Well, there's, there that. is crossovers. I mean, Vic Reeves is a character. He was, yeah. Originally, he was... Um, and he's been through different, like... Mm, yeah, you know, stations. Yeah, he started off as a kind of working, working men's club compare and you know it was a, a bit of a big head and like really kind of poncy big head sort of look and yeah. then when uh, I started doing do, working with Bob a bit more it be, I became when I said call me a, work, um, a workshire fop yeah a dandy it, well it went down I went dandy then yes. so I went like um, a sort of really fruity sort of yeah, nine, yeah, yeah, 1966 yeah. Um, yeah. Peter Wingard type yes yeah, velvet oh, and but, frills. But I always dragged a little bit further back, so I was never quite the wing guard. I was always, was always a little bit short. And aspiring, yeah, just forward, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, after that, turned back, The, the then Vic Reeves became a real idiot. 
like proper <laughs> like moronic idiot. Yeah. In in uh, dressed in pr- pretty much what I'm wearing now. Yeah. So it it was yeah it's it's come very close to the and, and now Jim where where is he now? I mean I was with you for the last lot of recordings he did. Where, where, where's um, where is he now? What was I, what was I wearing on that, that last? Oh, it was uh, yeah, it was a kind of teddy boy. Teddy boy, yeah, you know, cr- stupid teddy boy. Yeah, a stupid no. teddy boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that look. I really like the teddy boy. Look, yeah, you know, yeah. That, especially when and you can play with it. I remember when I was a kid, when I was you know like twelve, thinking I can't wait until I'm forty because I can dress up in in clobber. Yeah. And go and ask for stupid things in shops. I'll go and knock on someone's door <laughs> and say, I want to buy those 17 Alsatians you got yeah, for sale. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of thing. And then when I got to 40, it was kind of, yeah. I couldn't do it because I was famous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Club is a great, great first word. Tell us what your second word is. My second word is Clarts. Clart. Just pronounce Clart. it. Just... Clart. C L A R T. Clart, I haven't got a clue. Is I that a Yorkshire thing? Not as in Ross. No, it's. Uh, I will tell you what it is. It's a. Uh, I know the word, but slightly differently to the way that Jim knows it. It's a Scottish and Northern England dialect word, basically meaning uh, sticky mud, mire, or filth. And it's also it's a pejorative in uh, Geordie. It's a person who's unclean. Now, my understanding of the word, I only ever used it as in my mum would say. Look at him, he's clotted in mud. Yeah. We'd only ever say clotted. We'd, uh, I'd, until you said clots, I'd never heard the word. Well, uh, cl- yeah, it's because it's singular, isn't it? Because I'd get you clotted in mud, you're not coming in the house. Um, scrape them clots off Yeah. outside. Get rid of that clot. There's a clot on, on your boot. It's another archaic word, isn't it, Jim? It's another, it's another word from our childhood. Yeah. I mean, I was always covered in clots when I was a kid. You know, under the age of twelve, let's say, I was um, I was always over the fields because I used to live in the country. So we were always over the fields, ploughed fields, and always getting covered in clarts. And Clark, then, so uh, is clart a lump of mud? It's a lump of mud. Yeah, you get a ploughed field. You know, it's, if one yeah. sticks to your boot or anything, you know, All right. it's a lump. Yeah. But then the other thing is, you get a clart. That's a rough piece of mud that you get on your shoe. Let's say. You get hold of it, take it off your shoe, and then roll it into a ball. It becomes a clemmy. Ah. And then... You throw it? Yeah. You get a, a, a stick, a thin stick, let's say a willow, willow or something. Yeah. You put your clemmy on the end of that, yeah. and then you can do shitty shotty. <laughs> <laughs> shitty shotty with your clarty clemmy. Yeah, so get you, your clarty. So you get get your clammy out and let's have a shitty shot. You get a clout off your boot, roll it up into a clammy, put yeah. it at the end of a stick, do a shitty shot, you can see how far you can shot the, the clout. Yeah. Now, now, this is presumably local. I mean, I've never heard that word. I've never well, heard clemmy. all through Yorkshire, because I was... Yeah, a I was brought up North Yorkshire, yeah. and you were right... South Yorkshire, other, South Yorkshire, yeah. So, oh, these words come from... I think you'll, you, you'll always find when you're... When it, like you're from the northwest, so it's down to the Dane law and the Vikings and the different settlers that came in and left uh, left words in in the language that are specific to that, and that's why this is specific to. So, gate is the old uh, is the uh, Norwegian word for street. So you, you'll see get and uh, uh, like whip, uh, by the by element in a word means village. So in the north, you'll get Whitby, which is White Village, or this be, or that be. So Clarts, I suspect strongly, though, oh, I don't will, have be, it, yeah. will be of uh, um, a Germanic origin. What did be. you have, John? It would be some Irish thing. Yeah. What, shite. You, what would you call it? Shite. <laughs> a bit of shite. shite. You're from a shite. Yeah. It'd be a shite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 it'd be more shite or, or mud. There wasn't a word for... I bet there is like somewhere. But there probably is. But also, as you said, you, you grew up in the countryside. So, so you didn't have too many clouds around you. Yeah, exactly. So it, it makes it makes a difference, I think, the environment that you're in. Going back to the clouds, and I've rolled it up into a, a, a clemmy, clemmy, a ball... If I didn't have a stick to do shitty shotty and I threw it, I'd hoy it 
Hoy, I say hoy. Hoy. Now yeah. I've said that. I've yeah. come, come across that before. Yeah, that's an old English word. Well, that's old English. If you said that to an American, they wouldn't have a clue what no. you're talking hoy, about. Hoy, hoy, yeah, hoy. But hoy, for hoy. you, like, like you've picked two words that are, are are part of the language when you were growing up. Yeah. Uh, so and now you know you you live down south. You live most of your life, I would imagine. Now, certainly yeah. most of your adult life down south. But would you still consider yourself a northerner, a Yorkshireman? Well. I suppose, yeah, because I was born there, but my granddad was born in Kensington. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, suppose, I'm, I still feel like, yeah, I've, I moved to London in 1979. So I spent most of me, way beyond most of my life yeah. in the South. Because I get, I've only recently moved South. So I spent 50 years in the, in the, in the North West. And, uh, and it was a big thing to move South. Mm hmm. And for loads of reasons, it was the right time. And there's also that big thing, God, I'm, I'm, would my life have been if I'd have moved here 10, 15, 20 years earlier? And I would be able to stay there. But for you, your your persona, your, both the Jim and the Vic persona, is embedded by your voice. And your voice is so strongly northern. Well, so strong. Yeah, it's, it's faded a lot. Do you, do you have any sense has, of, of that, different. Jim? Do you have any sense of... Uh, I mean, I moved down south many years ago as well, and I had that thing when I first moved of being more northern when I was in the yeah, south. You, you'll do better if you if you can stick with it, because mine's a bit. It is. You're right. It's there, but it tends to vary as well. If I'm with people who are northern, it goes more northern. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, but if I spend like I do, most of my friends are really posh. Yeah. 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 By, by the end of the, by the end of this I podcast, and the drawing like that. Yeah. By the end of this podcast, it'll be. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's us, yeah. I um. But those words stick with me because I like them, and they're the words that you brought up with, like, and they're part of your identity, yeah. right? And the and uh, again, slightly repetitive, but I I do like the idea. I've got a son. I've got a seventeen-year-old son, and there are words that I want to pass. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah. Club was definitely one of them for sure. But not Clarts, because I don't know it. Only, only, and, and it didn't. And I, I mean, I was brought up in. I, I moved to the countryside when I was about ten or eleven, but I lived in inner city Sheffield, and yeah. yeah. And where you live now, there's not that many Clarts. No, well, no. I think we'll leave what, <laughs> what there is where I am. But in terms of that that sense of identity, um, for you, because what you've done, I think. For a lot of people, of, of certainly of, of my generation, a lot of people will always refer to Vic and Bob being the first people on telly that spoke to them. That, that like, they got, it was their, their humour, it was their thing, because it was breaking barriers. And you've done that all the way through your career, and I know that you do it as well within your art. Yeah. And, I, and coming right back to that bit that we were talking about when you were talking about clobber, that appreciation of difference and the confidence to do it, do you feel that as a person that you're, you're brave to try and break down barriers or is it something that you don't even know that you're doing? I don't even think about it, really. I don't think you can. I think you just... No. You, you well, you know, get sniffed out if you do. Yeah, it's, and it's also... Maybe it's selfish. Maybe I'm just doing what I like doing, you know, what I... Um, it's like when Bob and me started doing the, the big night out on the telly, we just did what we liked. I thought, if no, if people like it, that's good. But we're not going to... We can't pander. Can't go and, like, say... But, yeah, but when you start getting involved in that telly bit and there's commissioners and they're saying, oh, can we have a bit more of this and a bit... Did you just go, and we're just doing what we want anyway? Well, no, we just did. And in those days, um, in the eight, you could just do whatever you yeah. wanted. You know, now they have meetings and everything. There's like panels to Committees. decide. Committees. Yeah, then it was just like, we don't really know what you're doing, but it's working, so just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, well I think that's a, a true across the landscape. You were allowed... The writers that wrote for TV when I was a kid, the uh, Dennis Potters and stuff, you were people were allowed to have an authored voice, to have an original voice, rather than one that was done through committee and panels. Yeah. And yeah, I think we've lost. Uh, I think we'd really have. I think we've got very good at making TV in inverted commas, but we've lost uh, that original authored single voice yeah, that you've maintained throughout it's your career. It's that 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 
let's not make it an industry thing. I hate that word as well. Yeah. Even though I use it, I don't like it because yeah. it makes it sound like it's a factory churning out something that's you know, and it should be more artistic. And it wasn't. It's a lot less artistic now because people are just treating it like an industry and making money. Accountants, out of it. yeah, it accountants. Like you can make more money. It's like Americans, you know, like. You're halfway through an American city. They'll just take it off if it's not making enough money. Yes, yeah. and exactly that. And the art not allowed aspect to. is completely is disappearing here. Yeah. I mean, I've never really had a direct plan. Well, yeah, I've been quite hedonistic in everything, and um, I've got plans, but they're um, they're <laughs> often very short lived, chaotic, <laughs> and can veer off at any moment, <laughs> and very invariably do. And do, yeah. Because when I was when I was, I came to London in 1979. I was 20, and I went to, and I worked until 1980, and then said, "I'm never working for anyone ever again." Sorry, can I just say, I came to London 1979 and worked until 1980. Did yeah. you work for a year? Yeah, yeah. and I thought I don't like this. I it don't, sounded I... like you were talking about decades. And no, I worked for six months, and then I went. Yeah, I, I like... thought I'm not working for anyone ever again. That is, how old were you? 20, 20 when you did it, so 21 21, I just said, that's it. That's and all. you were right. I did everything I could. I used to run nightclubs, I'd sell, I'd print T-shirts. Same. I'd sell paintings. I had a, a, a market stall under Portobello Road, um, flyover, all sorts of stuff. But And really, really, um, you know, absolutely hard up yeah. quite a lot of the time. But I was doing what I wanted to do. So you'd take the you'd take that. The other thing that I love about you, that I don't know, that I know, that I absolutely adore this about you. The the your they refused your place at art college. Well, the second one. Yeah, I went this, to, yeah, the, I went the to second John one. Cass, yeah, the second and one. And then when I went to the second one, they said, "Well, you've already had exhibitions and you've been making pop videos." So, so what did you do? What, what you, so when when did this happen? When you say you're already? Oh, I, I went to art school in 1983. Um, at John Cass in the East End, and then I left there, and I wanted to go to Goldsmiths, but they wouldn't let me in because I was too accomplished. So I just used it. I went in. I just broke in. And it just went anywhere. Went anyway, how do you mean you went anywhere? Well, I just went. I knew the people. I just walked in. I started using the facilities. I went to the lectures. Used the library. Did everything. It'd be like me not getting an acting gig and then just turning up with a makeup chair yeah. on Monday and saying, and "What we're doing?" You. <laughs> you could just yeah, about do get it. Get away yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. So. How long did you do that for? Did you just keep saying Three years. <laughs> did you turn over the award ceremony at the end? As well? <laughs> no. I just wanted to learn, and I've still, I'm still at art school all the time. Yeah. I just, you know, I'll get books and I learn what, all day long. I was going to say, what's your access point now for learning? Books. And uh, I try and avoid the internet, although I use it all the time, but. I like to, you know, get me head in a right. book. Yeah, There's but a for you as this this creative person who's had that 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 Vic Reeves persona, and then you you've got this artist within you. Do you sometimes see Vic as a as a barrier to people appreciating your art? Well, it's a, no, it's probably the opposite because it's uh, if yeah, it's, it's it makes it easier, more accessible. Yeah, because I, I I was doing I was a, I was painting I was an artist. Painting and sculpting, and before I did Vic Reeves, that was just something else to pass the time. Yeah, and uh, so that takes off. Then you use whatever you can. Yeah, so I yeah. used used Vic Reeves as a a character that people know. To um, and I've just I've got a book coming out, and uh, the publishers were saying we want it to we want to call it Vic Reeves Art Book. I said, but I'm all they're all signed Moyer, they're all signed Jim Moyer. <laughs> yeah. And they were going, well, we'll put Jim Moyer in small letters underneath it. Don't bother me mm. if it's confusing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Mm. But I'm using the Vic Reeves name in big letters on the front. I suppose also, though, what it does is it brings an audience, whether it's to your art or any art, it brings them into art that they can then go off in a different direction with. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it, so it's not a new thing. But I think people, a few people have thought, since lockdown, I've that's how you, <laughs> you just started, started doing painting. Started doing oh, painting. God, he got good quick, I've been, didn't he? <laughs> I've, been doing it for, I've been doing it forever. Yeah. It's and you, you said, I'm right in thinking, aren't I, Jim, that, um, that Vic Reeves and all that, that you'd never seen stand-up. You no, ne- never, never saw, any, ne- never it, saw no. any stand-up. And that Vic Reeves is actually just, I think that it's a real good clue into... 
into who you are that Vic Rees is actually just another piece of artwork. That's what it was. In the, I was doing a, um, a, a bit of performance art doing, yes, doing right. Vic Reeves. But also, you're right. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. I'd never seen any stand-ups. I'd never seen... uh, uh, Vic Reeves was informed by watching old... About sixties, fifties, sixties British films, you know, like Saturday Night, Sunday Morning. That's what I'd say. Hell Drivers, things like that. Yeah. yeah. So I was just doing. I was playing a character like that. I mean, that's that's interesting on on so many levels. One of which is being that Vic Reeves is the partner of a real person. Like Bob is Bob. Bob yeah. Waterman is yeah. Bob, isn't he? So is the the bits where Bob's... He's, he's more like Vic Reeves' carer. Yeah, but but that's what I mean. Is there, is there a bit where First of all, I've got to ask you, because I actually, I don't know how you two met, how that alchemy came about. But also, when it did come about and you went, he met you as Jim, and you went, I want to be this character, Vic Reeves. Was there, a little, was there any, any time where Bob's going, right, can I speak to Jim to tell him that Vic's got a bit fucking mental, or did he just go, let's ride with it all the no, way? He went, well, I was doing Vic Reeves' big night out yeah. at a pub in South London. And he came and saw halfway through the first, like, um, season, if you like, that I'd done it. So he just came as a view. He came to have a look, and I, because it was so freeform, it was there was no script. There's no, I didn't do jokes, and it was just I did something this week, and then I'd go back and on the kitchen table, I'd write next week's. And he saw, when he came in, I'd uh, me and my mate had. Um, these two Brian Ferry masks on, which were identical, and pe- and wooden um, pieces of wood like sellotaped to our feet, and the sound of tap dancing that was done from dropping pots and pans on the kitchen floor, and he came in and saw that, and I thought, "That's I'll have for a bit me. Of that. That's for me. That's my kind of thing." Yeah. But we, I suppose, we both grew up. I don't know. I don't know if it's a north northern kind of thing. That I don't know. I don't, or maybe it's just like we were both grew up watching Monty Python or something, you know. Yeah. I don't know what, but it was, it was more art school than anything. And I'd not really watched a lot of TV because I was too busy over the fields getting covered in clarts. Yeah, in your clubber, <laughs> in your clubber. And there yeah. were there were a lot of people that we now that are now uh, very much cornerstones of British uh, comedy. There were a lot of people drawn. Uh, to that environment when you were when you started doing the show, I think uh, White House was over. Paul, oh, was there we and... gave every a lot of people the first. Yes, uh, Charlie Hickson, Paul Whitehouse, all of the Fast Show. I gave them the name the Fast Show. Uh, Coogan, God, there was loads of people. Yeah, and that's, um, that that uh, moment then Lucas. exploded. I think was it? Am I right? I think I th- it, uh, was it not Dagenham? Where did you do the first? Where were the first? Oh, Deptford. Deptford. You did it in Deptford, and then. Did Channel 4 come along and... Yeah, well, when we, we were on in Deptford, because we did it at the pub, and then we started doing it at the Deptford, the, um, the Albany Empire in Deptford, which is a bigger theatre. And the, see, this is a kind of sign of the times as well. We looked out one day, and it was absolute nonsense, complete chaos <laughs> on the stage. We looked down, and there's Alan Yentob there and Michael Grade, both sitting at the front, because we had these tables, you could get a drink and everything. It got quite chaotic there, yes. and uh, and they both wanted us. One wanted us on BBC, and and Grady wanted us on Four. So they kind of was just like having a fight over who's going to get us. I said, "Do whatever you want." Michael Grade liked us because because I think it he kind of thought this is a bit musical. 
Yes, because it had a musical element about it. And what's what's different there? You you wouldn't get. You might get as as sort of junior commissioning. Some you might get somebody. You get people going up to shows, right? To have a sniff around. But I mean, they were both big hitters then they already. Were, they, were, they were running the channels. Running the yeah, channels, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there they are, yeah. yeah. So then they've come and seen you, the chaos and the madness of all that, and said, we want some of this. Was there then pressure from them to coalesce it into something more understand, more cohesive no, that they that understood? Was, and that's what I was saying. This is in in the 80s. You could pretty much do what you wanted. They were, if they didn't understand it, they, they couldn't say, I think you should do it like this. If it was something else that they did understand... They might have put a, you know, a label, yeah. work, but they didn't know, know what we were doing, but it was working. And also, because the the big night out that I was doing at the Albany used to take the format of a TV show, it was really easy to transfer it. You just took what we thought were the best bits. But, but, but logistically, the, the, to get that, the other thing uh, that fascinates me about that show, when it, cause, uh, when it came to TV... It seemed to me that it had been filmed in in real time. It was, and I was just going to say that. We did it. I don't think you get that now. Mm-hmm. Although we did do it when we did the last big night out because we insisted. We went, we'd go on stage. We'd go into the pub. We'd do hardly any rehearsal. We'd go into the pub. Someone would come in and say, look, the audience are in. You better go on the stage now. <laughs> so we'd walk in. We'd do it in 35 minutes. For a 30-minute show. Yeah, and yeah. then get back to the pub. Yeah. I liked all that as well because if it went wrong, it went wrong, yeah. and, I, and you leave that in, and that's part of it. That's the charm. And the camera's trying to trying to catch it. Where yeah, you're going, yeah. It no, no, it's very interesting because I I think that's the best way of doing it, and I also think the, uh, an audience doesn't mind something going wrong, provided like they know it. that something's gone wrong. They go, oh, well, oh they that, love it. I think that's a big yeah, part. Yeah. I think that's a big part of you. I think you and Bob have got the same thing that Peter Cook and Dudley Moore had in that. The bits I've always enjoyed the most. I love, I love the abandonment of the pair of you. I love when you're fucking about, and I love the fact uh, the, the laughter between you because you can sniff that. You know when that's genuine or not yeah. genuine. You laughing. At, uh, it's usually Bob trying not to laugh at you adds to it massively. When we did the last big night out, and one of the little gags we'd do was Bob wanted to do his song, and. I would just laugh at him and pretend I was offing him out. One thing that I, he came out and he, because he was, um, he was supposed to be doing soft sell, and he got this hat. They got this hat, you know, like a Mark Armand, well, like, like it's a bit like a sort of gay leather cap. And he got that on, and I said, "Don't put that on until the night." I've seen it once, and I want to get it out of my mind because it's the funniest thing I've ever seen, and I want to really laugh my head off at it. Because <laughs> I was just going, I was just taking the piss out of him. <laughs> Got plenty more room on top. Ding ding. <laughs> right, we've had two words: clobber and what was your other one? Clots. 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 I know, but I can't say it. Clots. You'll find at the end of this, John, that It'll if, be you, in. if you, you run the three words together when we've got them all, and it's a, it's almost a poetic sentence in its. What I should do if I was a skilled presenter is I would, because I, I don't know the words, I'm expecting to hear words I've heard before. So, Clots, <laughs> I didn't know. Now I've learned something, don't expect that. So, so we've had Clobbert, we've had Clart. What's right. your third word? Palava. Palava. What a beautiful water. You've just described palava by describing your show. Absolutely, yeah. Joyce. Well, as I because uh, it's well, we've got a, my understanding is what a palava. Yeah. And it means a bit of a carry on. To me, it means a bit of a it's a bit a bit of a fuss, it's a bit all a bit and here's the actual uh the definition of it is a conference or a discussion. It's a long parley, especially one between primitive natives and European traders. <laughs> it's profuse and idle chatter, which I love. And in West Africa, it's a village or council meeting. And it comes from... Is it a palaver? It's, oh, it's I a love palaver. Ah, right, we're having a palaver well, let's, tonight. Let's, listen, well, let's get on to the next village. It's time for a palaver. It's to parley or to confer, to cajole or persuade. And this is beautiful. And I found this this morning. There was a little freeze on a I love this. It comes from the Portuguese word for speech, palavra. And the word was a uh, late Latin word mixed with another word, um, meaning juxtaposition or comparison. 
and it implied in palavering it's a long talk, a conference, a tedious discussion. And during the 18th century, Portuguese and English sailors often met during trading trips along the West African coast. And this contact prompted the English to borrow the Portuguese word palavra, which usually means speech or word, but it was used for Portuguese traders with a specific meaning, discussions, negotiations with natives. Really? Who knew? Yeah, and now we've got that. that it's Because I just thought, you know, it's all, you know if I'm... If I'm, uh, let's say, here's a scene, for instance. We went on on holiday to Spain once, and the directions to the place we're staying at was a mess. And I, and you get that? I said, "What a palaver! That's an absolute palaver!" This, yeah. so it's it's not talking, is it? No, it's not talking. It's no, a, it's, it's, be, it's a, become a, it's become a sort of a, a fussy, complicated, complex yeah. way of doing things. If you could have it in if you're doing a TV show and something, and it's a lot more complicated than it should be. It's yeah. a palaver. But, which you can under, you can see though now you've got the etymology of the word. You can see how how how, how, how that journey can go on because you negotiate complex negotiations. With people of a different language, so it's a bit of a to and fro. But yeah, palaver is not. I wouldn't say it was particularly speech, but it is there from your description. Did, did you pick it just because you like the word? Because I use it a lot. I say, you know, I use a lot of old English things as well, and things like palavering that are disappearing. Yeah. I mean, I, if I'm not feeling well, I say I feel a bit queer. Yeah, yeah. And and, you, and and my daughters go, you what? You can't say that. I say, of course I can. Yes. I'm not saying I'm gay. Uh, I'm yeah. just saying I feel a bit queer. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. used like, old English. Well, the, the, yeah, the language above anything, the English language above anything, it's our most successful export to the world. It's it's a, uh, and and the reason of that is its ability to constantly change and to take on new meaning as it goes. That's why we've we've been we've had various invasions over the over the years, and we've managed to take in their language and wrestle it into some sort of shape. and So it's a living thing. Yeah. Well, all your words that you've used today, I think they're all beautiful because they're all words that are very evocative of my childhood. And I, get, and I do feel some sort of responsibility to, to keep them. Yeah, you've got to. Yeah, I You've think got to so. keep, them, keep them flowing. Yeah, so if you've so. got palaver, what's next in your, in your um, kind of... If you're, something's a proper palaver. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was talking. If someone was talking, no. talking palaver, I'd say they were talking bombast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, would you? Yeah. Would you say no? I'd talking say bollocks. Talking bollocks. <laughs> so, so, someone's talking bollocks. Someone's just, and, and and I would say that's yeah, just talk, bollocks. Yeah, yeah. But but, yeah. but I know what you're saying. Bombast sort of plays into it. The idea of palaver. I think palaver exactly like you is what a situation, what a fuss, what what a hassle. What a pain in the arse almost. That's yeah. where I see palaver. And I agree with you. It's one of those words that that is is lovely sounding, but it feels generational. Yeah, it I is, just it? cannot imagine my lads in their 20s going, oh, but it's me, co- hey, hey, I've been, I've been on Call of Duty today. Yeah. What a palaver. Covered in, <laughs> co- <laughs> and then I got covered in clots. But I, I think, but uh, so, uh, uh, and now it becomes light. The three words together, clobber, clarts, palaver, clobber, clarts, palaver. I, my uh, contention is I think all of those words are cool. They are cool. I think they're cool words. I th- I, they're sort of words that I'd want to be spraying around a pub if I was 17, 18. Spraying around with me spraying on walls. Well, what, just what a palaver. <laughs> <laughs> Down with the system, uh, uh, it's a palaver. An archaic, there you go, it's an archaic graffiti group. <laughs> That'd be that a great thing could, to yeah, have, wouldn't it? Marching around, marching around outside... Parliament, yeah. yeah, with a, a placard saying so, "What a palaver!" What a palaver yeah. W O T, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're all full of class. You're all full of class. <laughs> yeah. I'm always trying to get things back into like cause I've got I've got loads of kids, <laughs> but the little the young ones. How many have you got? Four, twenty-eight, uh, twenty-three. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, 
audiences. Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. And 14. But, um... Twins. Yeah. Twins. But I always try, because I, I say to them, and I'm always trying to get them to, I try and, like, just not shoe on, but slip in words that they might want to, and see if they use them in the language. Well, it's nice to use The other day I said, I was saying this, and I've never, I don't think I've ever said this, ever. I said, oh, look at that, it's out of sight. Out of sight, that, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like, no one says out of sight anymore, no. do they? Out of but, sight. But the day, the day regards you as somebody doing this from a generational point of view or from a northern point of view? Is that like a northern word? No, out of sight is just groovy language from No, the 60s, but I mean in it? general terms when you're trying to throw another word I'll in. just do it. No, I've always been, I've always liked that sort of thing. I remember going to a, you know, and using a bit of language. I remember going into a pub when I first started going into pubs. I said, I'll have a pint of ale, both brown and strong. <laughs> 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 but I was, I was always trying to get words into the, you know. But I think I, we said this uh, when we first met Jim. I think there's, uh, I think if you were French, you'd have been carried shoulder high by the entire nation by now because you are a real wordsmith, and that's that's been right from the very early days of uh, Vic and Bob. The use of language was always golden and sparkling. The, the phrases and catchphrases and stuff had a strange appeal. Well, it's like you wouldn't let it lie. Yes. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. that was ever really used around that time. It was just a bit of archaic stuff. For somebody whose who's life is driven by, by expression, you, you seem to have this real passion for language and words and yet this real passion for expressing yourself visually through your art. Do When you think, do you think in words or do you think in pictures? Both. As, you know, it's and I've said this before. It's you know, you might come up with an idea and think that'd be better suited to a sketch or a painting or a, an acted sketch or a song or what. You know, it's just oh, you might just want to say it. I don't know. It's just wherever that seems to fit. What category it fits well, into? It's the one. It's the one thing. No, it's all. I'm all over the place. Yeah, this, this is this is probably therefore a hard question if you're all over the place. But if the, is the is the one thing where you go, I was at my best then. Whether it be a piece of art or a piece of no, I'll be me at my best tomorrow. That's right. Why well, did um, we book him today? Tomorrow would be a great yeah, guest. Tomorrow, <laughs> be, yeah, yeah. Day after that, I think. <laughs> so we've had three words. Yeah. Um, which have been... Um, Beautiful. Yeah, so I can't wait to hear this. This is the word that you would gladly never hear again. Yeah, and I was, I was so tricky. Most of the words I couldn't actually say. <laughs> 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 but I, so I'm just going to... I'll throw in the funfair at you. Funfair? Funfair. Not funfair. Funfair? Funfair. Mis- you know funfair? Mis- mispronunciation of funfair. No, you know fair. Like a fur. Oh, fun fur. Fun fur. Like people... <laughs> That's where you go for a night out, isn't it? The fun fur. Fun fur. Makes <laughs> yeah. It's called fun fur. Fun fur. There's it's faux fur is another word for faux it. Fur, but faux fur. Faux fur is false fur, not real fur. Yeah, right, it's fake fun... fur. It's usually. Pink, I've got to be honest, aren't... Jim. You've done it again. Not in a million years would I've got fun fur. Fun fur. Fun fur. So fun fur is is pretend fur. <laughs> yeah. It's disgusting stuff. So, so it's it not is, fun. Uh, well, it's I mean, better I've, than... I've, cause I used to make puppets out of it, and it's awful. If you get it in your mouth, you start eating it. It's terrible. Right. <laughs> Have you ever, I mean, I don't know if you've eaten real fur, but this yeah, is I'm gonna a say, lot worse. That, that was my next, that was my thought. That was where the laughter was come from. The fact that you're angered by the fact that fun fur is, isn't fun. And then, and fun. then And then the realisation that it's not so good to eat. <laughs> Right, so because <laughs> um, I, I, one of us has got to round this show. Up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so fun fair. You'd like to get rid of that because you don't like the product, or you don't like the. Would you want the product? Uh, just, let's just, else? just make it clear. I don't like eating it. You don't. You don't like eating false fair. No, don't. 
Yeah, he's odd like that. Yeah, yeah, it's funny yeah. that because loads of people we, I don't love it. We little else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim, that was uh, as I expected. <laughs> as I expected, a, a yeah. Complete journey. Yeah. Well, also like kind also, of privilege. You know what it felt like. It felt like as uh, it felt like th- there's somebody had taken you to a town you'd never been to, walking into your mind and just took it on a first few steps yeah. of a few streets, and you think, "Oh, this is great." And they go, "You've got to leave now because if you carry on, you may got, never it, escape." It felt like a really <laughs> awkward job interview in a provincial McDonald's to me, <laughs> you know, where somebody's you know, coming and they go. It, but it's genuinely for me, in all honesty, because we, we've crossed paths a few times, and it's only. Prior to doing this, that I I, I thought, great, I'll spend some time looking at your art because I've never really done it before. And then I see it in a completely different way. I see it as this performance artist, this all-round artist, rather than this uh, uh, maverick, you know, anarchist comedian. You're you're the embodiment of what I think draws most of us into this world. That's right, a polymath, yeah, that's it. Polymath. That's yeah. what you are. Auto director of polymath. polymath. Yes. I, I wore one of those once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was made out of full fair. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Brilliant. Jim. That's Thanks Jim. For Beautiful. In. Thank you. That was great, John. And I, I feel like we've had a privileged little peek into. Uh, into something that's very, very rare. Uh, it's uh, an original mind. Well, to be honest, I think for me, you know, I've met Jim a few times in passing, and I've met him in some some situations where uh, the Vic Reeves character has been something I've not been able to get behind get in terms it, of yeah. getting to know him, but obviously you've known him for a number of years. And I, I thought that was great. Sometimes it's not uh, the words that actually reveal something. Sometimes it's uh, the person's approach to the words that informs you. Uh, I think Jim is by nature atypical. And uh, just repeat what we said during the show, I'd urge you, if you're not familiar with Jim's work, uh, artwork, please go and take a look, because yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's delightful. I've never done it before, this, but I'll tell you what, great show, what a palaver. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as John and I obviously did. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, share and like. And uh, just remains to say a massive thank you to our meat-free sponsor, Quorn. Super protein, super tasty. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. It's winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT. Stream free on Amazon Freeview or Prime Video.